0: We almost forgot to mention the highlight of the Scotland versus Wales game in Wales. Do you want to tell us what it was, Nia?
1: Um, Willem Dafoe uh, appearing out of nowhere in the uh, Principali- uh, Principality Stadium watching uh, Wales versus Scotland.
0: I love it as well because he looked, that man's face is just a walking gif and meme. Like he can just, he, it, him doing anything is just looks fantastic. But I will I do have a point of contention. That game, I believe, was on Virgin Media RT on the Irish stations. The commentators keep call keep kept calling him William Dafoe. And I think, <laughs> listen, I will stand for mispronouncing players' names, uh yeah. not understanding why people kick the ball. I'll stand for all of that stuff. You know, we'll we'll take the good with the bad, but if you call him William Defoe.
1: William Defoe, who is that? Who is that? Who is that?
0: Hello and welcome to Trying Times, a rugby podcast hosted by two comedians who love a sport that doesn't always love them back. I'm Niamh I. And I'm Jack Dolan. So, uh, Nia, what did you make of that first weekend of the Six Nations?
1: Yeah, it was a pretty uh, solid weekend, like full of uh, surprises and uh, uh, disappointment, but also joy and uh, just indifference. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of <laughs> every every spectrum of human emotion uh, roll into one weekend.
0: It was a it was a it was a pretty great opening weekend of rugby. I think the six nations is the best rugby tournament on the planet yeah if you were to give this weekend a rating for your rugby viewing how would you rate it
1: i would say it was a eight out of ten
0: an eight out of ten that's pretty good going why do you give it an eight
1: i could have given like a 10 out of 10 uh well well first of all um well france yeah. lost so uh you know i deducted by one point and the other one point is that i uh, i didn't catch the second half of the uh the scotland wales game. you
0: missed the second half
1: yeah no because I was preparing to go to oh, a game oh no.
0: okay thing, because, so. well look we'll get into that game later but like that we love a sporting cliche and a game of two halves could not be more could not be more on point for that one what so those two points you take away one for the france loss and one for the missing in the second half that makes sense to me I think I'm a similar I'm in like an I'm an eight or a nine out of ten because it almost had the perfect recipe for the perfect Six Nations weekend, which is an Irish win, a Scottish win, and an Italian win. If France, Wales, and England lose, I'm having a great time. So <laughs> that was why. So I think uh, Italy, again, we'll get into it so close so far. I, I had everything I almost wanted. So, um, yeah, Let's start off with the first game, mm. Friday night kickoff, Ireland versus France in Marseille. First of all, first little question, do you like Friday night kickoff for the Six Nations? I, I, I quite
1: enjoy it actually. It's uh it's generally a good uh, generally a good idea uh same because there's uh I guess it's like Friday, you're up work and it's something to look forward to.
0: Yeah, I agree with you entirely. I actually really like it as well. I think it's not popular with a certain fans But I kind of prefer a Friday game to a Sunday game because I think no matter what, there is more energy at a Friday game than a Sunday game, and I just love because it used to always be France versus uh, Wales under the lights in Cardiff. Always seemed to be the Friday game, yeah, because uh, they could facilitate it. And I just thought it was such a great way to start the Six Nations, Mm. kind of like like an aperitif before the main course. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah,
1: aperitif, yeah, a bit of hors d'oeuvres, yeah.
0: So what did you make of that first game so
1: yeah I thought uh uh Ireland really uh, they, they put on a really strong performance against uh, the French in spite of the condition they were faced. they were faced uh, face with like It which is very uh, just a uh, solid I mean despite some of the uh some uh some aspects of it the the, mm-hmm. the little mistakes here and there like obviously there was they' still a bit rusty yeah um hmm. but in a, but in general, like Iron was just they just put on a really good performance. and I can't you can't really complain. You know they they were solid in all aspects.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Like as an Irish fan, our big question beforehand we talked was how they're going to do without Sexton. I was amazed they were that good. Like they were so cohesive, it was insane. Yeah, and they had like a few, like there was a scare in the first minute or something from France where it looked like mm-hmm. Peno could go the entire way. Great cover tackle on them, and then. It was just Ireland for the next 60 minutes. Yeah. I thought I I like again, cards on the table, bias as clear as day. I absolutely fucking adored that game. Uh that was brilliant. I was really happy with how the entire team went. I think Will Greenwood has his like team of the week that he puts out after World Cup games and after Six Nations games. He kind of goes like, Who are my team of the week? And he just went, It's the Irish 15. And then he mentioned a few other people. And I I was just, I was so amazed with how well yeah. that went. Um, Yeah, from an Irish point of view, like, we were just shit hot. Like, the little bits of mistakes I think were good mistakes as well. Like, I think Crowley pushed it a few times, but mm. I want him to push it, you know? I, yeah. I don't want my 10 to be overly... Robotic or... Conservative. I thought he was... I thought he did really well. I thought he did really well. Like, obviously, he had a few moments that were a little silly, but he's 22 years old in his first Six Nations game and he's like, I'm going to stamp my authority Mm. in the game. I thought he did fantastic.
1: Yeah, no, was. I think it was great. And Hugo Keenan was also immense. Mm. All those, like, uh, tackles against uh, Penoa. Like, uh, my
0: God. Again, we were talking about it beforehand and we talked about how French like muscle was going to be one of the big points. Also, I predicted a win. I want that on record uh, for the Irish, but uh, (laughs) I thought like, like the, the way Ireland used their six, two bench where they like six forwards on the bench and two backs. They just completely, they completely bashed the French up, which was really, really incredibly impressive. Yeah,
1: definitely. I think um, I I knew uh, I I can, I can see from the start that France was aiming for a, uh, for a very quick uh, rapid start, uh, you know, especially, yeah, uh, when you know, the uh, like with panel going all, all the way but uh yeah at the same time like uh, Ireland really like uh, put on a strong resistance uh against the uh the French uh, assault yeah. um but at the same time you know I think um, the, the the result would have been much closer if uh Williams had stayed on the field
0: yeah the red card I don't think yeah Ireland ended up winning by twenty one points which is like the most they've ever won by against France was twenty four points and that was
1: yeah, I think it's uh, the most by anything yeah. against uh, France. Yeah, know it's been memory. ages since
0: anyone's really hockeyed the French. But like, uh, the last time that Ireland scored, the first, the last time I read a, tw- uh, a stat on Twitter that the last time Ireland won by more points was in nineteen like twenty two. I thought the red card was. I think it would it impacted the game, of course, but it also like it's kind of France's fault. They had a player on who got two yellows, either of which could have been upgraded to a red. Yeah, and when you pick a player who plays that like brain dead, it's kind of your own fault. I think, you know, it's kind of part of the strategy. Like he wanted to make a big impact. He, when he got the first yellow card, he should have learned to be more conservative with his like entries into rocks and his tackles and stuff, but he clearly doesn't learn. They're two stone cold yellows. I would argue they're both on the, like, you know, the redder stage of orange on both of them. And, uh, like I think Ireland, even yeah. with that, they like they looked really cohesive even when it was uh, fifteen v fifteen. You know.
1: Yeah, I think. Well, like I said, I, I think the result will have been much closer. Oh yeah. Like Ireland would have would have still won the game, but it would have been much closer. If they, sure. It was a full fifteen uh, French fifteen uh, yeah. uh, on the field. Um, yeah, but at the same time, I do uh, I do feel that the uh, the defensive system that has been implanted by Sean Edwards uh, has been found out Do you, yeah? By, do you think? Uh, by, I would say so. I think. See, the problem is that I have this issue with like English media glorifying mm-hmm. Sean Edwards. I hate. I say he was like some sort of like savior yeah. uh, of French rugby, but you know, I mean, like with any rugby team, it's the full setup, coaching setup. It's the, uh, the the you have the head coach, the attacking coach, the forward coach, line out, and then you have defense. All of them roll them together to form a cohesive uh, yeah. system in a way. But no, I think because like Sean Edwards is very. Uh, people like to glorify Sonny because of his records with mm. with Wales, also sometimes he he would like make the these sound bites in like uh, yeah, yeah, they French. were right in the
0: documentary, and
1: and, <laughs> and as if it was like it's always the French players' fault, it's never yeah. his fault.
0: Certain coaches get that kind of credit in the bank; they can kind of because they've shown that they can do it in the past. There's almost like an expectation if they don't do it, that it's the players' fault rather than a coaching flaw. I think you might be right, though. I will have to see, like, uh, I read I read another good thing, which was you only know who's going well in the Six Nations after the second week because are France as bad as that showing? I don't think so. And are the other teams as good as that showing? Who's to say, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think also because we um, would have a uh, partnership, uh, a hat uh, combination, like, uh, because Luku, he doesn't start too much with, with France. Yeah you know because uh, in previous tournaments um well it's always like dupont start and then Luke yeah. will come up as the second as a second, uh, as a substitute uh, as a sub, as a sub uh, because you look at you look at the way uh, ireland structured the uh, have that combinations that yeah. so jimmy, jimmy gibson park plays the same role the, the way dupont would have played for france mm-hmm. So being this like robust uh, player, robust uh, player who supporter who would provide all this like uh, support line. Yeah. So, uh, and that would help like with that that, that strong start yeah. against the uh, opposition. And then you have someone like Conor Murray, similar to Luku coming in as like a sort of like, more a, a manager, a game manager. Yeah, whereas like France, they went for the opposite yeah. uh, direction. Mm. So you have like the game manager coming on to start then you have somebody like uh, the the new uh, the new guy, uh, no longer Le Garrett, uh, coming in to provide like the uh, the uh, so sort of the, 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 the the extra ammunition. Yeah. Uh, in the second half,
0: like from an Irish perspective, that game was really incredible. I think, as well as that, for someone like Luku, and he plays for Bordeaux, and Bordeaux have been going so well this year. I think Ireland put France under more pressure than I think they were expecting. I think uh, the the Irish forwards in particular, again, Joe McCarthy got man of the match. Tyke Byrne scores a class try. Every Like like Peter O'Mahony can't die is what I yelled in the pub. (laughs) I yelled that in the pub at some stage when he had a massive turnover because every time I think that Peter O'Mahony may be nearing the end of his career, he comes out with this like seasoned best stuff. He just can't die. Like, I don't know. I know the Munster fans call him a war god and that, you know, like... My usual to- sense, my yeah. usual tolerance for kind of monster stuff can 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 wane, let's say. But he kind of showed why he was picked as captain on a Friday night, I think.
1: Yeah, I feel like he's the Irish uh, Alan jones
0: I think so, yeah. I think uh, hopefully he doesn't go full Alan Wynne-Jones and stay 30 caps more than he should have. He was so good in the line in particular. Like, it's an area that Ireland were particularly yeah. shoddy at the World Cup. They didn't miss yeah. a single throw. They turned over three. It was just... Really mm. incredible stuff, yeah. and I think just the energy they had across the park was incredible. I would also be remiss to not mention that uh my favorite player in the post Brian O'Driscoll era is Robbie Henshaw, and I thought oh, he, yeah. his offload for the Cal, for the uh, Calvin Nash try was just yeah. stunning. Like he takes a three on one, turns it into a one on one, and the offload to Doris, who again Doris is yeah. just. Superb! Oh yeah, really good play.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a good day for it was a good weekend for Monster in general. <laughs> you know I mean? Okay. <laughs> yeah. France, uh, yeah, yeah. So you have three Monster men uh, scoring against France on Friday, and then uh, Monster also beat the Crusaders on uh, on Saturday.
0: Yeah, that Crusaders game, like, look, I, I can't, I couldn't even tell you what was happening there. Like, no one, I, I recognize Lee Halfpenny's name, and he's playing for the Crusaders. Do you know what it's like? Do you know when you get too far into like a FIFA manager mode save, and then there's like yeah. random ass transfers, and you're like, why is? But um, why don't we move then? First game, France Ireland left a lot to be lived up to and then we move into the second game of the weekend which was yeah. Italy versus England in Rome. Yeah. What did you make of that? Yeah, I thought it
1: was the the best Italian performance I've seen uh, in a while. It,
0: it was basically yeah.
1: on par with the uh, with the one they gave against the French uh, at the last six Nation. Hmm. They were very astute uh, technically uh, in both defense and uh, in attack, particularly in in that first half when they were uh, when they were leading as well, and so you could see you could sense uh, uh, the new coach is already making an impact, yeah, on this young, uh, on this young Italian, uh, young Italian team,
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely thought so. I thought a lot of the attacking shape I thought was particularly impressive. Some of the tries the Italian scored were not tries you typically associate with them because, yeah. like usually it- Italy tries are kind of much more. Difficult, mm-hmm. like they, they they they're much harder for them to score those points. But what I thought was really impressive was how simple they looked. Almost the first in the first half, the tries scored, but uh, from Garbisi, and then was it Tommaso Allen who got the second one? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was Tommaso um, Allen. Yeah. But beautiful break. So like the first break, uh, Canone yeah. up the middle, Brex makes a half line break, an offload straight through, and then. Garbizi gets the ball from the eight and scores under the post and then the second try was they just identified England's kind of lack of space and they 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 kind of defended it incredibly narrow so they just moved the ball Mm. quite quickly very skillful hands the entire way across and then it was just a three on one and it was a really good score I was amazed with it just looked simple and for so long Italian rugby hasn't looked simple
1: yeah a lot of the time they would overthink things you know I mean overdo things as well
0: yeah I think there was a, and that's. I think that's almost what changed in the second half is that England came back in with kind of a really formidable performance in the sense that, like, they were just mm. England just went to steady ball, and with the t with George Ford at the the helm, steady ball is guaranteed. Yeah, like he's very good at playing rugby yeah. that's effective but not very exciting. I just like, I think the Italians almost in the second half kind of panicked as a result because it was everything then became forced in the sense that they kept going for big moments rather than just run the phases the way they were getting them the first half. And I mean, the English defense definitely improved, but at the same time, it felt a bit like Italy of old. They were just throwing stuff that was never on.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think also because, um, because uh, England is trying out a new defensive system as well because they 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 have a new defense coach in uh, Felix Jones. yeah, so it, it's going to take a while for that um, for that uh, new uh, new defensive system to to come in to to uh, to take hold mm. Um, but you could say say there was a lot of like uh, rush defend going uh, going uh, going at the going to the Italian phase. or oh, sometimes it can it can, border, it can it can be borderline offside well, again, all all English well.
0: teams have been built on not being called at offside. Like, the the yeah. best Eddie Jones team of the world had just figured out that if you were behind the referee, you can usually get away with being at least a yard offside.
1: And they don't have to appeal to the referees as well.
0: Yeah, was def- there was definite teething issues there because you could see it. Like, they kind of didn't have their spacing right and they didn't have their general shape together in defence. And it did give the Italians good inroads. But I think as well as that, like, I thought the Italians defended incredibly well. For the most part, I think... Mm-hmm. Um, like Italy, England didn't get four no. tries, which was really yeah. impressive. The, they didn't get a mall. No, try. they didn't, no. So, in years gone by, England have racked up three or four mall yeah. tries in a game and they didn't get anything. And I thought that was incredible from the Italians in the sense that they really targeted an area of weakness because every year England show up, they get three mall tries, the game's over because. Yeah. You know, if they can take those chances, like they're still, I still work like for for if you're if I was an English fan, I'd worry about this English team because they still don't show, mm. in my opinion, really any cutting edge. I don't see how they.
1: No, like just they don't. They're not willing to take risks. That's the problem.
0: Yeah, and they've got talented players, but they don't ever seem like they don't mm. ever seem to take uh, particularly interesting yeah. plays. Like they're very direct almost there's kind of there's a lack of subtlety to their game still like they were look they, the first half they got a very lucky yeah. line break where it was just a very poor read from the uh from garbizzi the the nine but the rest of it i was i was really amazed with how how um well the italians stood up to it you know because they're kind of their their pack was about 30 kilos lighter and they really showed up
1: yeah i think they, they really play to to the strength as when they they work as a uh, they work. Str- they work well as a team. Um, and you know, like it is not been, like the, the Italian forward pack. That they tend that they, they, they pride themselves been the new one. The new forward pack has always pride themselves to be a bit yeah. more uh, lightweight than uh, the opposition. But they they work well and they're willing to make the tackle, uh, when yeah. it's needed to. Like you have people like uh, the Canones, and then you have the, uh Shepherd, Negri, uh, all those guys.
0: Negri apparently dislocated a rib in that game to show you how physical it was. Oh yeah. Just-
1: gross yeah he's not he's yeah. not available for the uh for the iron game so it can be it can, it, that's a bit worrying yeah it's a big loss yeah no because i i, I do imagine with this new Italian team there's with the tension because i did predict in the preview that uh uh, they would do well against England if they can keep it under 20 points and they score at least three tries, yeah. against them. And it ended up, and all those things happened for yeah, they, yeah, they ended yeah. up losing
0: by three and scoring three tries. So it was a good prediction from you. Uh, so we were both, I, I had expected something of a blowout, so we both got a prediction right and a prediction wrong.
1: Yeah, I think they have uh, this Italian team has potential to win two games, two really nation. Do you think they're... I would say so. So you think
0: Wales and you think Scotland?
1: Uh, Scotland. Scotland at home. Scotland at home. Because they. I want them to have that home victory. Yeah, it would um, be great. And because you look at like the, the Italian team that have played, that have performed well in the past, um, like the two best uh, years were like 2013 and t- 2007. Mm-hmm. And uh, funny enough, like uh, in 2013 and 2007, the Italian team were, were, was, was coached by... Uh, both uh, Frenchmen. Oh really? So you had uh, you had Jack Brunel in twenty thirteen and then uh, Pierre Bebizier and this time you have an Argentinian coach and you look at it, like uh, Argentina and France they're both two countries that are culturally similar to uh uh to Italy. So essentially wine and affairs. So Pretty much yeah wine <laughs> affairs you know that whole passion but like i said it's just that you have uh the the so those uh the, the those two italian teams were coached by uh by uh, by coaches from from coaches that can understand the italians the most
0: yeah i think there's definitely something to that in the sense that i think that italian team definitely needed a bit more like crowley was uh crowley the former italy coach uh was Good at the he, he he was good at the rugby thing in the sense that they looked a lot more competitive in terms of their shape and how they went about the game. But he did seem to lose the dressing room, and they needed somebody to just kind of kind of bring up the energy and go like, "You lads should not yeah. be losing these games." And you
1: know, like Casada was like he's he's now speaking fluent Italian, so every so all of his communication are now in the majority of his communication is in Italian, which is the key, so I that, think. Yeah, which is very which is key. Um, whereas, like you, you watch the Netflix series, yeah. um, like you will see that. Uh, well, Crowley, uh, I think it was he's he's able to speak Italian, yeah, uh, from his time coaching like Benetton and all of that. But like, I think I think he's more comfortable speaking in English. Yeah, he coached in players. English.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was a weird one because the, the that game. Felt a little bit like it was a moral victory for Italy in the sense that they kind of outperformed their expectation there. And they will feel gutted to have not won it, considering how close they were at the end. And then we move on to a game where the winner will feel like they had a moral loss and they were gutted by how it went, even in victory. So then we move on to the third yeah. game, which was Wales versus Scotland in Cardiff in the Millennium Stadium or the Prince Bally, whatever the fuck they call it nowadays. And this game is the pick of the weekend, I think. Yeah. It was just insane. Yeah,
1: it was mad. It was...
0: what did you... So you saw the first half and not the second, is it?
1: Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't catch the, the. I watched a bit of the the second half, but then again, I was like getting ready to go to the to the gig, so like I didn't pay too much attention. Yeah,
0: so you were kind of half watching. So why don't you like? Yeah, I'll ask you a few questions about the first half, and then I can tell you what happened in the second half because I'm still in disbelief, to be honest.
1: Yeah, second half. It it, it felt like um, you remember that quarterf- quarter World Cup quarterfinal World Cup game between uh, uh, Wales yeah. and Australia, where. Australia got dumped by uh, by Wales. Uh, it it kind of yeah. felt like that uh, with with with, with yeah, that first So kind of so you play like uh, what
0: was the tweet you put up yesterday? Uh, yeah,
1: well, when you beat uh, when you beat Australia, yeah, you become yeah. Australia. So it
0: was very much that was the story of the first half. They didn't fire a shot. I was so I was so confused yeah. by it. Well, I wasn't confused. I actually I had thought beforehand that scotland were going to win by 40 points and after seeing that uh, if i was welsh i would have like thrown something at my tv i think because i i was i was actively texting friends going this is the worst performance in the history of the six nations which by the time the second half came around came back to bite me
1: i mean yeah i imagine there was some stern talking from Gatland in the uh yeah. half time but um yeah, like I said, I think yeah, but that's, that's the thing. Like, it was a very young Welsh team as well, and uh, they haven't uh, they haven't been together for yeah. for for a long time, and uh, and it, it took them for a while. Like, it took them forty mm. minutes to get settled in. Yeah, like they were basically uh, nowhere to be seen uh, for the for for the first forty minutes. It was all Scotland. Yeah,
0: and I think not only was it all Scotland, but Finn Russell was having a game of his life. He was so effortlessly excellent in that game. Yeah, he just had the ball on the string, and he could do whatever he wanted with it. And I thought, to be honest, what was it twenty eight 0 at the twenty one 0 at the half? I think something like um, that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was, I think it was like twenty 0 because it was uh, 20, the final was score 20 was twenty seven. Yeah, twenty yeah. 0
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because it ended. Yeah, you're right. It ended 27-26. So that first half was. I th- Finn Russell was some of the best play I'd ever seen from him. And just his shot. like he really looked the part as captain. He was everywhere. He was excellent. And they were playing for him. Every single player was following his lead.
1: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, like it was pretty much a training run for for Scotland. You know, it was just a yeah. it was a it was a body cop film between uh uh Finn Russell and Duane Vanamova.
0: Yeah, it really was. <laughs> I think that moment um there's a moment after so Finn Russell makes the break and passes an easy pass to uh uh Duane Vanda Merva to go under the sticks and score and Vanda has time to smile, pick out cameras in the stand because all I saw was wall to wall photos of this like like Duane Vanda Merva looks like the kind of guy who would have bullied Marty McFly in Back to the Future. <laughs> And he was just <laughs> picking out he was picking out people with those pearly whites like yeah. looking like he was having the time of his life and then the second half happened and the second half he, I, if you didn't see it the first it starts off again with a Duhan van vanda merva worldie which I have to say in Six Nations traditions if we make it so every first week of rugby Duhan Vanda merva scores an absolute banger of a try I'm all in for it so Duhan scores a great try, the Finn Russell sets up, the buddy cop is going strong, and then I don't know what happened. Like, it was like, I maybe it was my fault, I tempted fate by calling it the worst. I literally said, this is the worst performance in the history of the Six Nations. And yeah. Wales then proceeded to win everything for 30 minutes straight. Yeah. Like, they, I think uh, Tommy Rafael, the number seven for Wales, and Aaron Wainwright, took oh, it yeah. personal. They oh, took yeah, that, no. like, they just showed up in a way I'd never seen them. And they started to play like incredible front football where every time they were carrying it at Scotland, they just go straight through them. Yeah, they're pretty
1: much the, they're pretty much the senior figures in this young Welsh team, uh, basically. So you were expected yeah. to, those two guys to step up, like to have and like they an impact.
0: Did. And I think, uh, I think Davies came off the bench, the scrum oh, half, yeah. or um, I'm not sure if I've got, I think Davies came on and yeah. just changed it. They just looked so much more competent and cohesive. Yeah, they got four tries to Scotland's three. So Scotland actually scored less tries and won the game. Mm. And it was genuinely surprising how bad Scotland were. It was kind of like, this is the thing at the moment, like the Scottish Twitter after that second half have gone really all in on punditry because the Irish pundits in Virgin Media described that as like, they described what they saw. It was kind of pathetic from Scotland. Like it it was... I'd love Scotland to be competitive, but Scotland has this... It it seems like they haven't shaken this fragility that they've always had, where it's kind of like they can do... They can get themselves up, and they can be really good, and Finn Russell is a fucking baller, so he will keep you in a game. And then the rest of them just fell apart. Like They were getting yellow cards. They were falling all over the shop. They just couldn't... They couldn't do the basics, and they gave Wales so much opportunity to really get a foothold in the game. And then... Credit where it's due. Like the Welsh were excellent in that second half. Like they prob- they deserved yeah. probably to win it at the end.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think like anything coached by Gatlin is going to be hard to to beat anyway. Um, yeah. But like, but like I said, it's just like it's four of like it's the youngest Welsh team in, in living memory. Uh, yeah. It's and... a lot
0: of children who are left unattended, really.
1: <laughs> well, they like, yep. Well, I mean, what you have is the, uh, a team for Bruce Wayne's. and in the second half they became they became Batmans
0: (laughs) they became Batmans it is yeah I think it's going to be a new policy in Wales if you leave your kid unattended they will have to start it out half in uh, next (laughs) week Costello looks uh, too he looks oh jeez he's such a like he's got like puppy dog fat on him do you know the way a baby has like a big fat head on him before he learns how to move he's still so young he's carrying baby fat like it's but again they showed up so much Because I was thinking at the end of that game, or at the halftime, I was like, Jesus, I hope we have Wales next week because we'll put 70 on these people. Uh, As, yeah, I'm very much one of these people who says we when I talk about Ireland and I refuse (laughs) to change. So, um, (laughs) but yeah, I I was, I don't, this is, that was the thing, the way it landed, like it was such an interesting Six Nations because it sets us up. Everyone bar Ireland looks, like looks pretty frail. I don't know. It's kind of, um, I think, now again, I'll touch wood to not jinx it considering how much I jinxed Scotland. I think anyone could beat anyone at the minute. It does seem seem like I I could expect, like Scotland got the win in that game and when Finn Russell came off the pitch, he was like, and they asked him, how does it feel to win in the Principality or Cardiff for the first time in 20-something years? And he goes, well, I'm actually very disappointed. And I was like, thank you. Finally, because there there was none of this, none of the celebration stuff. It was a bad performance, and they were lucky to get out alive. And I think yeah. that's what. Uh, I think that was a it was a great line from Finn Russell, who I am. After the Six Nations documentary, I'm all in on Russell. I love the guy. Yeah,
1: look, I think so. Like, I think the problem with Scotland is that uh, they uh, they shut down at a, after a certain period of uh, time. Like they, they have the potential to be like consistent world beaters. But it's mm. just something in them that they it's just that I think that is is that inferiority complex, you know what I mean they yeah, you know like because they have the smallest population uh one of the smallest public popla- smallest playing pool of all the yeah the States nation they only have like two professional franchises and they they rely on like players with uh who are who qualifies on uh, heritage or residencies uh, more than any other teams so
0: yeah, I yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they're also, but they should be like the inferiority complex is it, isn't it? It's kind of like there's no reason for that Scotland team. Like that Scotland team should have won that game by 50 points. Yeah. I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, we I mean like 40 points, you know, like uh, to, just to be realistic. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, like uh, the thing is, I imagine, you know, I mean, like um, uh, if they play like that, they'll probably lose to Italy and Rome.
0: It'll be, I think it's set up for a really interesting. Uh, next round of the six nations, I think the tournament looks like it's going to be incredibly interesting because for the first time in a while, I yeah. think everyone's up for grabs. Mm. Well, I think Ireland, if Ireland play like they did on Friday, good luck to everyone else. And
1: uh, <laughs> well, I think, uh, say <laughs> because you know that they're, they're facing Italy uh, next week, uh, this Sunday, this coming, yeah. this coming Sunday, so my. Uh, my... My hope for Italy, right? So imagine they would get spanked, right? But the aim now is to keep it under 30 points and score score four tries against Ireland.
0: 30 points and four tries, that'd be a really good result for the Italians. I think they have had a really hard time coming to Dublin in the last couple of years. Yeah. So after all those games, uh, Nia, what do you think? What are your predictions for this week? Because as it stands, uh, we both predicted a Scottish win. I predicted an Irish win. And you predicted an Italian loss where they kept it incredibly co- close and scored three tries. So yeah. I'm considering that as both of us getting two things right. Because I thought I thought Italy were going to get, like, tonked, to be honest. So what do you think now? What are your predictions going into week two of the Guinness Six Nations?
1: Yeah, so I think with uh, after that uh, heavy loss against uh, Ireland on Friday, um, imagine like f- uh, France yeah, need to make a strong statement just to, to show that they're still in contention. Yeah, for, for, for the title. Well, I think they because they're heading to Murrayfield as well, and I think yeah, France has has been quite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, France's records in in, in Murrayfield has been uneven. In uh, recently, um, yeah, yeah, and then, so that will be quite interesting, uh, as well as long they don't implode, uh, at some point uh, in, in, the first, like, in the first, uh, 10 minutes. Then I imagine, do you mean the
0: French or the Scottish here?
1: I don't know, <laughs> that's the thing, it's hard to, it's hard to call. <laughs> like, I imagine there'll be a red card, uh, fair, yeah, I imagine there'll be a red card at some point in the uh, in Murrayfield for either of them. Even both—that's the thing. Mm. So it would be fourteen v uh, fourteen v four.
0: Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, if ever there was a team to get to get loads of red cards, it is Scotland versus France. It seems to be the red card central of the last couple of years.
1: I, I imagine it would be quite tight as well because, yeah, like uh, Scotland pl- uh, playing in the front of a home crowd and they have a good record against uh, the French. There. Mm. Uh Yeah. So there's a positive well uh, with the team, but I would. Yeah, I'd imagine because they will not, they will not do, they will not. France will not put in too many changes. I imagine Gaultier will put probably be the same starting team. Uh, I would say, with the exception of Willemse, um, but yeah, pretty, probably probably yeah. be a very tight game. Like, uh, France my edge it.
0: In my mind, this game is the real stake point for our Scotland to be taken seriously or not. And I know that's a bit of a, it's a bit um infantilizing and it's a bit uh, patronizing towards the Scottish but at the same time this has been the big issue with Scotland Scotland at the Six Nations is can they do it two weeks in a row and they got away with one so they got away with one so they will be off the mark feeling like they've lost and the French are feeling like they've got a point to prove so I think France will probably win I think so. I think France will probably win. I can see it being by about 10 points because Scotland don't have the bench mm. I think to beat the French in the sense that like your team has to be so good across yeah 80 minutes. And I think Scotland consistently are really good for 50-ish minutes and it's can they survive the other 35 has been the 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 track record of Scottish rugby yeah. for the last little while. Yeah, like
1: um, yeah, they they, they don't think they, they don't have the depth to compete with uh with the French, yeah. No, I mean, I, I imagine like in terms of it will be the same starting team, and then you were bringing the sub bit uh, earlier to close out the game. Uh, so they have because they have the firepower yeah. to score like a couple of tries in the uh, in the second half. They put in like La and then Berae yeah. and then let them do their thing.
0: Yeah, especially when you can bring on. I I reckon France are going to stick to the six-two as well. So I reckon they're bringing on, you know, a alagi who is, you know, he's not, he's not super impressive as a rugby player. But at the minute, because he's only twenty, I think it's nineteen. Like One that's hundred and forty kilos thing. and twenty. Oh, for, that's <laughs> ridiculous! He's too big. It's anyway, unfair. <laughs> so like, I'm here. So- I'm here saying he's not an impressive player. Meanwhile, the idea of having a hundred and forty kilo <laughs> child run at you and just run over you would be just sick. Oh, that's a form <laughs> of torture. That's cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so I think I don't know. I don't know how Scotland stopped that. I'd love. I would love it for Scotland's sake if they could. If they could do it, because it would be good to see them really go on a run now. Because I think if they get those two wins, yeah, they they've either England or Italy, and they can find. They can find good form going into their last game against Ireland because, theoretically, now Ireland still have a few games to play, but that could be a Grand Slam decider between Scotland and between Ireland at the minute because those are the two most likely teams to go undefeated the entire way through at the minute.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I think they just need to, uh, I mean, they uh, put in they just need to put in a more consistent performance, then they'll be uh, in the running.
0: Yeah, it'd be great to see, but I think I think I'm with you. I think I predict a French win as well. And then in the next game, it is England versus Wales. And it is in...
1: Um, Twickenham, I
0: think. So it's in Twickenham. England versus yeah. Wales in Twickenham. What do you predict there? So yeah. it's a very young team that's still finding its feet versus a English team that seems not to be able to score any tries.
1: See, the thing is that I, uh, in recent times, I always see uh, in an England-Wales game, I saw like a poor men's version of uh, uh, Ireland and France.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, you can see that uh, the 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 Welsh are beginning to settle, like uh, obviously because they haven't played uh, together uh, for 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 a while. Haven't to play. They haven't played together. Get, get along. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the time for for them to prove themselves that they can uh,
0: show up. And uh, they the can things.
1: be quite. They can be consistent. Yeah. They just need to put in a, a good performance in the first half. Yeah. Then they'll be. Uh, then they'll have a chance. Well, I think with the, also with the England team as well like particularly because they did well in the second half against Italy yeah. uh, with the new the defensive system coming in but like, like I said I think the, the, the issue with the England team is that they're not willing to take risk, particularly in the back line mm. because they have fantastic finishers um, it's just they allow the players to express themselves and I think both teams have the ability to express themselves and it could be a high scoring game if you allow them to play
0: yeah I kind of I would love that uh, unfortunately I'm more of a pessimist than you, I think. I think this is gonna be a very terrible game. And I think
1: particularly in Twickenham,
0: well, yeah. I I don't know what it is because at the moment like England are England are in a weird state at the minute because last year I was reading that they were complaining to they were complaining to the board at Twickenham that essentially they're really tired of the atmosphere there. So yeah. they're like, Can we do something about it? Because it's apparently become incredibly corporate and it's very much, you're going there for the yeah. pints rather than watching the game and I'm not one of these yeah. people who's like oh we shouldn't have drinking at games, of course we should have drinking at games, people are adults, yeah. let them enjoy sport however they damn well please.
1: Yeah I think they could have done something similar to to France like moving the game around the country
0: It um, could be, it could just freshen it, it'd be a shot in the arm almost
1: Pretty much yeah, like you imagine that game being played in like Old Trafford like the Etihad. Yeah
0: that'd be cool be very cool. And they're great stadiums with big, big attendances as well. Like, they both have massive capacities. Mm, It'd yeah. be cool. It'll never happen because that would be good for the game. I don't know. I think I think I predict this weekend I can see an England win. I think it's going to be an England win by under five points because I still predict Wales to get the wooden spoon.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, I imagine a similar result as uh, so well. I think this England team has; they might even like it. Probably, be they'll probably win by ten. You, you think ten? Ten. I'm uh, If you let them loose in the second half.
0: Yeah. See, this is the thing. We are. I, I. In my mind, I think it's a Wales team that can't win versus an English team that can't score. So, <laughs> it'll be it'll be fun watching. And then yeah. finally, the the game on the Sunday this this week. Is Ireland versus Italy at three o'clock in the Aviva? What do you make of it? Who who are you backing?
1: Look, I mean, it's, it's so far since twenty fourteen, the result has been one sided. Yeah, like, I, I I would predict the same way I, I predicted uh, when they play uh, when uh, for the when they played it against uh, England. It's just that there's mm. certain criteria they need to meet that would consider like a good performance. Yeah. So, so because they already show that they have to dog in them uh, to keep in uh, to stay in the fight for for the whole game. Um, yeah. And they have the ability to score very clean tries as well. So, mm-hmm. I think the, the the next step in the evolution will be like so they they need to keep it under thirty at least uh uh, uh thirty uh, keep uh, and then score at least four tries because they I think at one point they came close to score like a bonus point. Uh, uh, uh against ireland in dublin at one point as well i think it was around 2017 2018 um, yeah, so I remember th- that it was a good game Yeah, imagine like this italian team can do it again can repeat that feat uh even to even like uh surpass it so they just need to keep and they need to stay composed for the whole game as well
0: yeah i think like that will be huge because what I thought was a yeah, again, if they could do that, it'd be a great result. I think we're both like, I don't see them beating Ireland. I think the Irish team is just unfortunately it's too far ahead of them at this stage. But the way they finished against England with Monte Ioani scoring a ridiculous try. Just refused <laughs> to be tackled. I like, I think if they can show that fight the entire way through and there's no shenanigans with getting a hooker sent off and another one injured so they have to yep. play with uncontested scrums and 12 people or whatever the fuck happened that last time they were here yeah, it'd be great up. if it'd yeah. be great if it could be the competitive match because it'd be i think it'd be better for both teams i think you're right it's kind of the criteria for italy is building towards the games that they should look to win and you think it's scotland i think it's wales i would be really disappointed if, it, if italy don't get a single win this tournament
1: yeah I mean like, even both that's the thing.
0: they could do both they could do both okay so with our predictions done and nailed in um we should be hounding each other dramatically if we get anything wrong in that sense. Last question to round off the day how did your fantasy Six Nations team do?
1: um I, I started pretty well like, I was uh, <laughs> I was placed second after the uh, after, after the uh, Ireland France game. And then I yeah. end up uh, being bottom.
0: <laughs> I think I need to check it, but I'm pretty certain I'm like second last because all of my decisions that I made proved to be the wrong ones. Yeah. So I took out, I took out Jamison Gibson Park from my team to put in Luku, which turned out to be a disaster. <laughs> I took out Tyg Burn from my second row to put in uh, Joe McCarthy and... Jaff and Jenkins or whoever, Jaffy which Jenkins, they yeah. both did particularly poor. I brought my super sub. I chose Danny Care because I thought he might steal a try or two. Danny Care, the super sub, when they come on, they get three three times the points. Got zero points. <laughs> so all of my decisions have just proven that I know nothing about what I'm talking about, and uh I'm hoping for a better game week in week two. I'm not going to lie. I had I was I was saved by the glory of Finn Russell and Duhan Merva. is the only way I can describe my week Uh, it was just, just wasn't for me and uh, listen, why don't we leave it there why don't we check back in again in the next few weeks and see how the Six Nations is kicking on and uh, I will see you soon, Nia, have a good one
1: thank you, and uh, don't forget, never stop trying
0: what he said